Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Tune in as Pastor Jason brings this week's message from our series, You Asked For It. We're getting into a new series this weekend, before weeks of this, and it's a series called You Asked For It. And about four months ago, we surveyed our church, and I I love this series because we really do, it's a way for us to get what's in your heart and get information on what's in your heart so we can unpack it with the Word of God. So four months ago, we surveyed our church and asked you you guys what was on your hearts. And so uh, this weekend is the, the first installment of that series, and we're starting with the most requested topic And then I guess it just gets worse as we go along. I don't know. Maybe we should flip this and like crescendo with the big one. But uh, anyway, this was the number one most requested topic that that those of you that were here that weekend asked us to talk about. And uh, it was, uh, I'll tell you this, it was by far the most requested topic. Like all of the others were, like there was a bunch that was real close. I think there was even two that maybe tied. But this one was overwhelmingly the topic that you asked us to, to speak about and to preach a message on. And so I'm honored to do this because I hope somehow that, that God will take the foolishness of preaching and the, the, the insaneness of the things that I say. I don't know if it's always helpful. It's always entertaining, but I pray that it's also helpful. <laughs> I pray that God will take these words and speak into your hearts because you guys asked us to preach a message on purpose and meaning. And so I want to I preach a message today called Pick Your Path. Pick Your Path. And I want to give you some good news in the room just to begin with. Anybody like good news? Here's, here's the good news is you have a purpose. In case you've ever wondered that, you, you do have a purpose. And when you talk about purpose, purpose is the answer to the question, why? Whenever, whenever you're dealing with the question of purpose, whether it's with an organization, a a business, Uh, a lot of times businesses have a, have a purpose statement. Even a church uh, should have a purpose statement. We have a purpose statement as a church or what we would call our mission statement. It's to lead people into abundant life in Christ. That's why we exist. And even as a person, you have to answer the why question. Why are you here? And why do you exist. And it's important to find, find your why, because I've noticed something. And that is when people lose their why, they tend to lose their way. And because there's the purpose of your life is like an anchor. And then when you get disconnected from purpose, you start to make some choices that are outside of the way that your life should go. And I want to give you a second piece of good information. I'm just full of good news today, like just full of good news. Not only do you have a purpose, but you can leave today with purpose. Like today, you can leave this room with purpose. I think for a lot of people that think purpose is some mystical thing that lives in a far off land, like maybe someday I'll, I'll find purpose. It's like some mystical thing in the wild blue yonder, uh, but purpose isn't, it's not some uh, frustrating, unattainable, ever fleeting, and totally evasive goal that you're just constantly trying 
to attain, you have a purpose and you can leave today with purpose. And one of the reasons we feel like it's always somewhere out there is because we, we, we get confused about what purpose is. And I think when people tick a box on a survey like we did four months ago and they say, you know, I, wanna, I want you to use the Bible to speak on purpose and meaning, I think, I think two things is driving that. Number one is I think there's a lot of people who just want to know what I should be doing right now. <laughs> like, what should I be doing with my life? Does this career matter? And am I, am I in the right place? And am I doing the right stuff? And the second thing that I think probably drives that is maybe people are sensing something and they want purpose because they really want something that will fulfill them. What we're looking for is is fulfillment. And when you use a word like fulfillment, it's actually a biblical word. It's in the Bible. And Bible words often have a literal meaning and a figurative meaning. And the literal meaning of fulfillment means to stand on its own. Like it's when something doesn't need anything else to prop it up. And if you're ever driving along the interstate, uh, after we built this building, I became fascinated with construction and different types of construction uh, models. And if you ever see them building those big buildings, there's tilt wall construction where they lean up a concrete wall. And then there's all of these boards that are supporting it until the whole thing is put together. And then when all of the whole thing is put together, it can stand on its own. And so they can take the support structure out from under it. And what the Bible promises is there is a place of fulfillment for you. And maybe today there's some things that you're leaning on that's propping you up that you shouldn't be leaning on. But there's a place that God has for you where you can stand all on your own in who he is and in who you are. And you don't need anything else in your life to prop you up. You're full and complete in Jesus Christ. That there's fullness and there's completeness. And fulfillment is the fruit of purpose. It's what grows in our life as we lean into the purpose that God has for our lives. And people, the second thing that people mistake is they mistake purpose with a position. Like we attach purpose to some position or role in our life. And so what happens is we think my purpose in life is to be a mom or my purpose in life is to be married or my purpose in life is to, to do this occupation or this career. But the problem with that is positions and roles change in our life. And those kids that you've put your purpose on, they're going to grow up one day and they're going to be too busy for you. And I, I'm a pastor and I've, I'm called to do this. And hopefully I'm graced to do this. You guys kind of determine that, um, whether or not you come back next weekend. And, uh, but I, I mean, did, did, I only be, did I only find purpose when I became a pastor at the age of 33? Did I not have purpose before then? I would submit to you, I had purpose from the moment I took my first breath. And maybe you're like, well, Jason, that's because ahead of you, you had this call to be a pastor. Well, let's look at it from the other end. At some point in my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow down and I'm going to have to pass the baton on to somebody else. And I, my, my plan is to pastor this church till I'm 90 years old. And then at 90, I have a 10 year transition plan. <laughs> and at hundred, the overseers can pluck this church from my cold, dead hands. That's, that's my transition plan. I'm going to be a feisty, mean, inappropriate old man. I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. But seriously, at some time, at some age, I don't know when, but at some age, my grace, my season of grace of leading this church is going to come to an end and I'm going to pass the baton. 
And hopefully if God blesses, I'll still have years ahead of me, right? And so my purpose isn't just about this pulpit. It's a calling. It's an opportunity. It's the greatest privilege of my life. But whether or not my role changes, my purpose doesn't change. Because I have purpose from the moment I take my first breath and I have purpose until the moment I take my last breath. Like I have purpose in my life. And some of the, we live in a retirement community and, and maybe you had, you had an identity that was built around the occupation and, and some of you may be struggling because you've retired and so now you don't know who you are. And, and if, if you retire and your vocation changes and you're living down here, do you, I mean, do you no longer have a purpose? I'm asking, I seriously don't know. No, I'm just joking. You have a purpose. You have a purpose in, in your life. In fact, the Bible tells us something. Psalm 1611, it tells us where to find purpose. It says, you, God, make known to me the path of life. And that's where I want to tell you today. You get to pick your path. And the path of life is a path where we're no longer living for existence, but we're living the abundant and full life that God promises And I want you to notice where the path goes. You make known to me the path or the purpose, the meaning of life. And in your presence, there is, and there's the word, fullness of joy. That there's the fulfillment that is the fruit of purpose. Because a lot of people think that that purpose is some position or some calling. But that's not what the Bible says. It tells us that God's purpose is a path and it leads us to fulfillment. It leads us to a place where we experience fulfillment. And I almost called this message, pick your purpose, because I believe it so strongly that with the decisions you're making, you're choosing the place that you're going to go to. But that's a little bit misleading because you do have something unique to you. And God has spoken specific promises and he has put gifts in your life. And so there is something unique to you, but you don't get to just choose your purpose, but you do get to pick the path that takes you to your purpose, that takes you to the place that God wants you to be. And I want to use a young man from the Bible. His name is Simon. We'll ultimately know him as an apostle named Peter. But, but in his youth, he was known as Simon. And, and the, way that, the way that Jesus starts to lead him is Simon was a fisherman and owned a boat and probably a couple of them. And Jesus was starting his earthly ministry. And so he, he begins to invite Peter on this journey with him, Simon begins to invite him on this journey with him. And the first thing Jesus does is Jesus wants to teach to a group of people and they didn't have stages and auditoriums and microphones. And so Jesus wanted to preach the Bible, teach the Bible to some people. And so he would often do it on the water so that his, the, the water would carry his voice. And so he just simply asked P, Simon, can I get in your boat so I can teach to these people? And Simon says, sure, get on my boat. And then Jesus goes, hey, can you, can you push the boat back a little bit so that people can gather along the shore and I can teach the people and the water can carry my voice? And Peter says, sure, I'll, 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 I'll accept that opportunity. I'll, I'll do that small request that you ask of me. And then after Jesus does his public ministry, he does something. He turns around to Simon and says, hey, um, cast out your boat out into the deep. Let's go out and let down the nets and catch some fish. And Peter just stops him. Simon stops him and says, hey, you're a great Bible teacher, but I'm the fisherman. Like I'm the I'm the pro here. We've already fished and there's no fish out there. And this isn't the time to be fishing. 
And Jesus just gets a little insistent. No, 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 no. Go, go out, launch out into the depths and cast down your net. And so Peter finally just listens to him and goes out and lets down his nets. And the Bible says that they caught so many fish that it started to break their nets. Because Jesus is teaching us something. He's teaching us that purpose sometimes isn't the big moments. Sometimes purpose is just the small opportunities and promises that God brings into our life. And everybody's, yeah, go ahead. So half-hearted. And everybody's looking for some big moment. And purpose sometimes comes to us in small opportunities and small promises from God. And Jesus is teaching him that the nets that you're wanting to overflow and the fulfillment that you're looking for is just responding to the small opportunities that God brings into your life. A small place to serve, an opportunity to do something that maybe there's other things for you in your life. That's great. But this is the this is this is the moment that you get to let Jesus in your boat. And this is the moment you get to push back a little bit. This is the moment that you get to believe a promise, whether or not it makes sense in your life. You just simply receive the promise of God. And that was, the, that was how Jesus got Peter onto the path. Because he, he, he's putting him on the path with small opportunities and promises. And then there are defining moments on the path. And I want to show you one of the defining moments. It's found in Matthew chapter 16. It's when Jesus first uses the word church. It says, I'll build my church. But it's also going to be a defining and life-changing moment. Because this is going to be the moment that Simon is transformed into a man named Peter. In Matthew 16 and 13, the Bible says this. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, stop. First of all, Peter is already on the path and he's already responding to simple things that Jesus is asking him to do. And he's setting him up for defining moments because Peter is surrounded by the right people. And if you're looking for the right place in your life, it's surrounded by the right people. Because the path of purpose runs through relationships. And you're never going to find the right path hanging out with the wrong people. And sometimes we're, we're, we're maintaining friend groups. Isn't it ironic that small group weekend is this weekend? We're talking about relationships. And some of you are wondering why you can't discover your purpose. And it's because you're hanging out with people who have no interest in purpose. And you're responding to people. I'll never forget it. I I was praying one day and out of the blue, I wasn't even thinking about this individual. God just spoke into my heart and he gave me a word for their life. It doesn't happen all of the time. I'm not uh, not normally in that flow, but I was that day and I I just shot them a message. It kind of was like, oh, I don't know if I should send it. And I'm like, no, I know. And I sent it to them and I sent them a, a, a a promise from God for their life and also a path for their life. And it was from God and they got their opportunity and they got their promise. But the problem was there was a dating relationship and with the dating relationship, there was a friend group. And I, and I, I, the reason why I bring this up, I actually saw this individual on my social media feed and they were at an event there. I'm not, there was nothing wrong with the event or anything like that. I just, I just, it, it, it shocked me that they were a part of the world that they were in because knowing them, I would have never have guessed that they would have been into that hobby and interest. But the reality is, is the friend group that you're running with is determining the things that you're interested in. Did you know that it's scientifically proven that you'll eat differently based on the people that you hang around with? If you get around foodies, guess what? You're going to be fat. 
You want to be skinny? Hang around people who eat half a pine cone and a couple of twigs. You'll get skinny. That's how powerful relationships are in your world. Did you know that whether or not you, that you are successfully a Christian and you walk out the faith isn't determined by how much Bible you know, it's actually determined by how many Christians you know. That's how powerful relationships are. And Peter's about to have a defining moment in his life because he's surrounded by the right people. And I am who I am today because of people, men and women of God, who spoke into my life, who knew me, who loved me, who prophesied over my life, who shared encouragement in my life, who pastored me through some of my low moments and told me not to do dumb stuff because it's so powerful because the purpose that God wants to take you through is running through relationships. So get planted in some healthy relationships because you're never going to find the right path hanging around the wrong people. I got to hurry. Matthew 16, Jesus says this. He says, who do you say that I, the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter says this, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. It's a powerful moment, powerful moment. And Jesus says, who, who do people say that I am? And then he makes it more clear. He says, who do you say that I am? And just so you know, Jesus isn't having an identity crisis. <laughs> He's not worried about what, are, is there people talking bad about me? Has there been anything on social media lately that you've heard? Like he's, he's not asking this question for him. He's asking this question for them. Because the way that you find purpose is to have an understanding of the right I am. And whenever we talk about purpose, what I hear people talk about is I hear them talk about who I am and what I am not. And we lean into this things. Well, I'm not this and I, I am this and I'm not this. And, and, and we just get focused on that, on the wrong. I am. And Peter is about to have a defining moment because Jesus is going to lead him away from trying to figure out who I am and that, and have him lean in to who the great I am is because there's this, there's this identity that has to happen. And there's two people that are in this group that are hearing this message. One of them is a young man named Simon, who's about to have a name change and become Peter. Another one is a guy named Judas. And if you don't know Judas, he's what you would call not a good guy, like not a good character. It's a bad name for your kid. Like don't name your kid Judas. They're both, they're both in this group. One is going to take a path that's going to go to having the most great, the greatest purpose and meaning and, and having a life that is legendary. The other is going to go to really a sad outcome. And they're both around Jesus. But many scholars believe that, that Judas followed Jesus for a few reasons, possible reasons. One is they, that he was political and he wanted Jesus to become a political leader. And so he followed him up to the point that he realized that Jesus wasn't going to affirm his politics and then he betrayed him. Some think he was, uh, had a religious slant to him and he wanted Jesus to, to lead his certain religious mindset and to lean into that. And when Jesus didn't lean into that, then he betrayed him. There's other reasons out there. The point is, is it's possible to be around Jesus and not really know Jesus. 
It's possible just to simply be around Jesus, but want Jesus to affirm who we are and what we do and what we want to be about and lean into us. But it was Peter that had the moment that realized, you know what? This isn't about me discovering who I am, that the purpose of my life is about discovering the great I am because the path of purpose runs through an identity and you don't know who you are until you know who Jesus is. Because up until this point, and I'm ready to preach, but up until this point, Simon, if you would have asked Simon, who are you? Simon would have said, I'm a fisherman. Simon would have said, I'm, a, I'm an avid boater. I love to boat around the Sea of Galilee. Simon would have said, I'm a pretty good net mender. If you would have asked Simon who he was up until that point, he would have said, I'm an outdoorsy enthusiast. Like, that's who I am. He had no idea the person that he was going to discover the moment that he saw who Jesus was. It changed his identity. And so many times when we're talking about purpose, we're trying to figure out who I am. And what we really need to understand is the way that I discover my true identity is by realizing who the great I am is. And it's in that moment that I begin to see a different future for myself and who I could become and what I could be. And so many of us are sitting in this room trying to figure out the purpose of our life based on our politics or where we're at right now. And we just need to understand the greatest purpose of this life is to know who Jesus is, is to know him and make him known. And it's in his light that I see light. And I'm trying to find purpose through some broken and flawed identity from my mistakes and my failures and my past and my weakness and my family identity and where I came from. The problem is, is you have no idea where God wants to take you until you have a moment with Jesus that says, this is no longer about me. This is about the one that died for me, that loved me. And I'm going to live my life for him. And I see who he is, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And we get a right identity that flows from knowing who Jesus is. Because sometimes, sometimes when we have a broken identity, we're responding to things that we shouldn't respond to. Because without a clear identity, you become an opportunist and you'll jump at everything that comes along. And some of you are allowing people to slide into your DMs that you shouldn't allow to slide into your DMs. Then it's because you don't know who you are and you don't know whose you are. And you're responding to people and you're looking for affirmation in places you shouldn't be looking for affirmation. And you're trying to get love and attention from people that you shouldn't get love and attention from. I know it looks like love. I know it sounds like love, but it's not love. The only way you're going to find out who you are is when you know who Jesus is. And when you know who Jesus is, then you get a clear picture of who you can be. And the path, the path of purpose runs through identity. And the clarity of identity is what gives me the determination of what I can say yes to and what I can say no to. And without a clear identity, you're saying yes to the wrong things. You're saying yes to things that you shouldn't say yes to, and you're saying no to some things that you should say yes to. So Peter gives the right answer. He says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus begins to change his identity. Matthew 16, 13 through 19, he says, and Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. By the way, the word blessed, do you know what the biblical word for blessed means? It means happy. Some of you are looking for happiness and you're looking at for everywhere else. And I want to tell you, happiness is going to come out of an identity that's built on Jesus Christ. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. That's his given name, his family name, his background. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. He's just changed his name. 
given him a clear identity. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus changes his identity. He says to him, Peter, which means a stone or a rock. But there's a play on words here because he uses the word, the same word twice, but in two different contexts. He says Petros, which is masculine, um, and it means a, a pebble or a stone or a piece of rock. And then he uses the word Petros, which is, means a large stone or even a mountain, or it would be the word that you use for a foundation. And so he says this, the way that I'm going to build my church is by people not having an understanding or just a mental knowledge of who God is but having something that G, that God reveals to them by the Holy spirit, that there's going to be revelation moments, defining moments in your life. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that revelation of who Jesus is, and I'm going to build you by building my church. And so what, what Jesus tells Peter is he says, you're not the rock because the rock is Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. He says, you're a piece of the rock. You're a, you're a small part of something greater than your life. And here's the problem is we live our lives like we're the whole rock. We live our lives because some of you in this room think you're the whole enchilada. And I'm with you. I think I'm the whole enchilada and a side of guac. If you want to be extra, I'll extra. You're extra. I can be extra. But our lives simply don't make sense when we're living like we're the whole piece. And some of you are wondering what's missing and what's broken and why I can't ever feel fulfilled and why I can't ever be happy and why I can't ever get to a place of contentment and peace in my life. It's because you're living here, not realizing that you are only a piece and your life is, you aren't the, the sum and totality of your life. You were meant to be, you were meant to be connected to something greater than yourself. Cause you ever, you ever lose a puzzle piece like it's in the couch cushions somewhere. It has no value when it's in the couch cushions by itself. But when you snap it into the place that it was designed to be, it becomes invaluable because that's a picture of what God wants to do in your life. Is, is, you, is we live our lives like this and we need all of this stuff to prop us up. But purpose in your life isn't from living for you. Purpose in your life is realizing is you are just a piece of what God is wanting to do. And when he sets you in your place, that's when fulfillment and completeness comes. Because the way that we build our lives is we think it's all about us. And so we build our lives on one relationship thinking this is about me and it's about my relationships and what I want. And it's about my career and my calling and my thing that I want to do. And so we build our lives like this, but Jesus taught us to do something different. He said, build your life on my words, build your life on who I am, build your life on my promises. Because here's the reality. At some point, Jesus said, the winds are going to come. At some point, the floods are going to come. At some point, you're going to hit a storm. And if you've only built your life on what can't sustain, when the shaking comes, you're on shakable ground. But if you build your life on Jesus Christ, it's a firm foundation that will never be shaken. It will never have a season where you cannot build it. It's a firm foundation because Jesus is the cornerstone. 
And we wonder why sometimes relationships don't satisfy us and success don't satisfy us. It's because a relationship can be fulfilling, but it's never going to be fulfillment. It's never going to bring completeness into your life. And we think success is going to get us there. Listen, if you work hard and get successful, it can be fulfilling, but it's never going to be fulfillment. And you can get the house that you want. And if you save for it and you work hard for it, that'll be a fulfilling moment in your life. But it's never going to be fulfilling because your life was meant to be a part of something greater. It was meant to be a part of the plans and purposes of God. And on our own, we don't have much value, but you're a puzzle piece in the picture that God is painting. And when you snap yourself into the place that God has for you, you find out that you've got more worth and value than you ever could have imagined. And now you're on a firm foundation that let the people come and let people go and let relationships come and go and let me lose my job and let me go through hell on earth. It doesn't change who I am and what I can do. And it doesn't change my value because my value isn't built on those things. My value is built on who I am in Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus teaches Peter this. He says, you're, you're a part of this. And, and Peter had no idea what God had in store for him. But Jesus is teaching him this. You ready? The path of purpose runs through the house of God. It runs through the house of God by getting planted in the house of God. In fact, Peter says this in, in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. He says, come to Christ, who is the living foundation of rock upon which God builds. Jesus is the cornerstone. Though men have rejected the cornerstone, he's very precious to God who has chosen him above all others. And now you have become living stones. You're a living stone. And I want you to notice this. The way that you find purpose is in this, in this one little phrase. You are living stones for God's use. For God to plant you where he wants to plant you. For God to do with your life what he wants to do for it. And as long as you hear for your your use, you'll prop yourself up with addiction. You'll prop yourself up with substance. You'll prop yourself up with another relationship. You'll prop yourself up with another success and a little more money. And it'll just be an, it'll be a bucket with a hole in it and fulfilling will always run out. But when you realize that being used by God is the place that only brings fulfillment in your life, that you're not the whole enchilada. You were just meant to be a piece of what God is doing in the earth today. And Peter said, so come to God. You're a living stone for God's use in building his house. What's more, you're his holy priest. So come to him. You who are acceptable to him because of Jesus Christ and offer to God those things that please him as scripture. See it says it, express it. See, I am sending Christ to be the carefully chosen, precious cornerstone of my church. And I want you to notice this last phrase and I will never disappoint those who trust in him. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never disappoint those who are building their life on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. People will disappoint you. Success will disappoint you. Money will disappoint you. But Jesus will never disappoint you. You'll never be disappointed by building your life on the house of God. And people look for purpose and, and they look for it in a, in a position like Man, I need, I don't know where to serve. And listen, we do growth track to try to help you discover your grace gifts because somewhere in here is something that God has equipped you to do. Somewhere in here is a defining moment. And someone in here, somewhere in here is a calling that, that God has for you. And there's this moment for you. But the way that you get started isn't by waiting for the thing that God wants to do in your life. The way that you get started is by just simply putting your feet on the path. 
and beginning to walk out every opportunity, every promise that God sends your way. You just begin to walk it out. You say, I, 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 was, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized at the age of six. And I was raised in church and I, I had experience with God and I had encounter with God, but I didn't know, I didn't really know Jesus until I was 19. I don't know how to explain it to you, but at the age of 19, I was, I was addicted and I had substance problems and I was so unhealthy and so toxic. I can't even believe the person I used to be. But in that moment, Jesus saved me at the age of 19. And that was that moment where flesh and blood didn't reveal something to me. I didn't learn it in a book and I didn't get it out of the history books. I experienced Jesus Christ. Christ for myself. And it's something I pray for every person, because if you can be talked into it, you can be talked out of it. And if you can be argued into it, you can be argued out of it. But can I tell you, nobody can talk me out of the experience that I had with Jesus Christ when he washed away my sins and I experienced his grace and his goodness and his love. I want to promise you, you can argue everything you want to argue. I am not changing my mind on who Jesus is because I've had my own revelation of who Jesus is and I know who he is and nobody can talk me out of the experience that I had with Jesus. So I just planted my life and I just determined I'm going to follow Jesus. And I made a decision. I told this to God that night and I could walk you back to the place. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say and I will do what you want me to do. And I haven't been perfect, but I've lived out that commitment to God that I'm yours wholeheartedly and completely because it's not about discovering this I am. It's about discovering this I am. That's what gave me my identity. And I just got planted in church. And then somebody gave me the opportunity to teach a, teach a, a class to, to students, to kids. And those were the worst kids on the planet. They were awful. I'm pretty sure most of them are in prison somewhere today. They're shanking somebody right now, right as we speak. They were terrible. They didn't even want to come to church, but our church had a 15 passenger van. Anybody ever ridden a church van? That's the worst experience of your life. You can't describe the smells that are on those things. I, I drove, so I would take a 15 passenger van. Nobody would come to church, but I learned something. If you'll take a 15 passenger van, park it in somebody's driveway and lay on the horn. Eventually somebody will get out and get in that van. They don't even know where you're taking them. I just took them to church. Their parents, some of them were strung out on drugs. Some of them were still sleeping off hangovers. Some of them weren't even around. They were just kids hanging out in homes by themselves. But God gave me a van and he gave me a class and they would sleep while I taught them. But I would teach the word of God to them whether they liked it or not. And I'd go get them and I'd make them come to church. And so I built a youth ministry and I became a youth pastor. And then after teaching for a while, somebody gave me the opportunity to, to preach a few messages. And those were God awful messages. They were terrible. And it hasn't gotten much better over the years. I scream too much and I get too loud and I spit three rows deep. I spit on somebody last weekend. I don't know who you were, but I'm sorry. I get excited about the word of God and I just began to preach. I got opportunities to preach all around the deep south. I preached in every little church house, hen house and outhouse in the deep south. Sometimes the 20 people, sometimes the five people, sometimes the 10 people, but I preached the word of God. And then I met a, a little girl named Heidi Hildreth who lived in Michigan and I fell in love and I put a ring on that thing and I'm so glad that I did because we're coming up on 17 years of marriage and I lived I lived in Arkansas 
and she lived in Michigan and both of us were planted in the house of God. And if you wanna know how to find a spouse, just get on the path and start running the path of purpose. And whenever you see a little hottie running next to you, you just ask him on a date because that's the person that God wants you to marry is somebody who's running the path of purpose before you get engaged with them and start dating them find somebody that's running the path of purpose. And so we had to make a decision and we made a decision that I would move to Michigan. So I left my church in Arkansas and I went and I had no role. I had no position. I want you to hear that. I didn't have a formal position. I just served in the house of God. When they needed something, we were there. When they were building a building, I just went and did construction. I have no idea what to do about construction. There's probably a wall falling in right now because of what I did, but there was an opportunity to serve. And so I served. And then there was a moment where I got the opportunity to become an interim pastor of a small church in Michigan. And I spent two and a half years in hell pastoring the worst church in America and trying to love people who didn't love us and hated us and resented us for trying to move the church forward. And, and people say, Jesus said, I'll build my church at the gates of hell. They built that church on the wrong side of the gates. It was in hell. It was a terrible experience. But after two and a half years, we, we led it to a point, left it with thousands of dollars in the bank and a great setup and a system. And then at that moment, that was when God called us to Florida and he planted me in the greatest position that I could ever be in. The greatest thing, the greatest privilege of my life is pastoring this church, is doing what I get to do every weekend. But here's the deal, is I would never see here if I didn't start here. And so many people are looking for a position. They're looking for some giant calling. Listen, there's defining moments, but the path of purpose runs through the house of God. And you ready for this? There's no wrong place when you're in the right place, the house of God. There's no wrong place here. In fact, it's a terrible, it's a terrible mentality when we want some position or we want something from the house of God because that's not the right mentality because this is the way the psalmist said it. He said, one day in your house is better than a thousand elsewhere and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. In other words, I don't care what place I serve here. I'm just thankful that I'm not here by myself. I'm thankful that somebody let me in the church. I'm thankful that somebody opened the doors because if you knew my past and you knew where I'd been, you would say, there's no place for me here. But thank God for Jesus Christ who didn't see me as I was, but he saw who I could be if I put my feet on the path of purpose. And some of you think you're a fisherman and some of you think you're a net mender. And I want to tell you, that's not who you are. You're seeing you through the lens of your past and you need to see your life through the lens of Jesus Christ because no eye has seen and no ear has heard and it's not entered into the mind of man the things that God has in store for your life. Come on, give Jesus some praise in the room today. Let me pray for you all across the room. Just stand if you're standing. Maybe today some of you need to shift a friend group. Those are hard moments. Can I tell you that we've been pastoring for nine years and Heidi and I have still had to do that. Make sure we stay surrounded by the right people. We're walking the right path. Some of you need to come out from the shadows and get connected to a small group, get on a team.
Listen, teams have a function, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is to be on a team so you can be in relationship. Some of you need a defining moment in the presence of God, and I pray you experience that today. I pray you have a moment with Jesus in this room that doesn't come from a history book or some argument about whether or not God can lift a rock. I pray that it just comes from a moment in the grace of God that nobody can take away from. Some of you just need to get planted in the house of God. And then for some of us, and this is who I want to pray for today, some of us just need to make a decision to get on the path. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I need to make a choice today to choose Jesus to make him the cornerstone of my life, to stop living for me. You have a purpose and you have a will, but your purpose isn't found in your will. Your purpose is found in the will of God. Some of us are living for here and we're living for relationships and we're living for pleasure and we're living for the things we wanna do. And that's fine. It just looks like life, but it's not life. It takes you on a path that is gonna lead you to disappointment. It leads you to death. There's a different path. It's building your life on Jesus, cornerstone. That path will lead you to a place you'll never be disappointed. It's a path of abundant life. It's a path of eternal life. Listen, today you get to choose. You get to pick your path. I pray today, if you've never received Jesus, I pray that you pick the path that leads to abundant life here eternal life there. And I want to want to lead you in a prayer today. If that's you and today's your day to choose Jesus, I'm praying for just a defining moment in your life. Some of you are holding back tears or holding back emotion and you don't, you just need to let God wash over you right now. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer and I, I'm going to say the words, but I want you to pray the words out of your heart. Coast Life family, just, just pray this prayer. Even if, you, even if your life you've built on Jesus and you've been a believer for a long time, you're not praying this for you. You're praying this potentially for the person next to you. And we're just gonna create a moment where God's grace is gonna step into this room. If this is you, come on, everybody in this room, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Welcome to my world. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash away my past. Make me a new person. I receive you as my leader and Lord. I will walk in your ways. I will follow your path. And I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. And a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's word into people's hearts and lives. And if you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give. And just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's word into people's lives. Another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button. Just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the Word of God. And a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button. Let other people know 
that there is encouragement and God's word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in Christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life. God bless you.